Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaykul. On the Hill, Democrats are pushing for major climate and clean energy legislation from two very different angles. On one hand, Greens who were once aligned with progressives are now willing to toss in the towel on some social policies if they can get major party-line climate legislation done in the near future. At the same time, centrist Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia is separately trying to find some consensus on a bipartisan climate and energy security package, meeting with a group of senators from both sides of the aisle this week. All this comes as the midterms are approaching and the pressure is on for the Democrats and the climate movement. It's a moment of reckoning because the climate movement had really allied with other parts of the progressive movement to advance a broad agenda. And if they lean more directly into the climate piece, which they are, and it fails, you could really see an unwinding of that alliance. So there's a lot at stake. Today, Politico Energy host Josh Siegel and I on where climate talks stand and what's at stake. It's Wednesday, April 27th. So last year, environmental groups had really supported the full breadth of President Biden's agenda that he campaigned on. And so that was not only climate change, but kind of put together a package of progressive ideas. And so what's happening here is a lot of the environmental groups are saying circumstances have changed. Joe Manchin is the key here. He's the centrist energy committee chairman. He already killed Build Back Better, which had all of these climate elements, plus the other social policies. And they're saying this is all about the climate right now. They feel like there's a very brief window here to get anything done in reconciliation, meaning just with Democrats. And the simplest way is to kind of just do some things on climate because Manchin has expressed openness to clean energy tax credits, which are the main piece of that. And maybe one or two other things like drug pricing reform, maybe Affordable Health Care Act, subsidies. These are things that Manchin has also said he's open to. So, yeah, that's kind of where we are. I mean, it's, it's a big shift from just a, a few months ago. They're willing to really compromise here to get any kind of deal. Right. And you talked about the key to all of this being Senator Joe Manchin and where he stands. And we've reported that there are new discussions being led by Manchin on a bipartisan climate and energy security package. So what do we know about those ongoing discussions? Yeah, so this was somewhat surprising and definitely early days. So early reaction from climate activists is they are very skeptical that bipartisan discussion would be productive at all. And they think, if anything, it would be a distraction from reconciliation. So I did have a chance to catch up with some senators who are involved with these talks. Senator Kevin Kramer, he's a Republican of North Dakota who is a known deal maker, And he really said that, look, this moment that Manchin has recognized, that other more centrist aligned senators have recognized as let's come together and see what we can actually get done on, in this space, maybe advancing some things on clean energy like wind and solar tax credit extensions in exchange for doing something on carbon capture, strengthening incentives with carbon capture, nuclear. That's another interest of Republicans. So I think this was a very ad hoc meeting that has happened. 
There's plans to get together again, but not specifically yet. But from what I'm told, they, you know, they want to obviously advance this, but there aren't a ton of specifics yet. You know, earlier indications, it, it does feel like somewhat of a long shot to do something on a bipartisan basis. Now, the question is, does talking in this manner disrupt what compromise could come from reconciliation? And, that, and that's a big question. We're not sure what management really wants. As much as environmentalists, as I'm reporting, and my colleague Zach Coleman are reporting, want to compromise with management, we're not sure he... You know, he really wants to do that. I mean, he's, he's kind of sending some mixed signals here early in, in the return from recess about just does he even want to do anything with just Democrats or does he just prefer to go bipartisan and do something much smaller? Right. And we have these two groups, the Greens and the bipartisan group led by Manchin. What do you think they can agree on and who has the leverage? I think Man- I think Manchin has a lot of leverage. So in a sense, it's kind of what does he want to do? There's some overlap, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't see likely electric vehicles. I mean, that's a huge component of reconciliation that Greens really want to see. I mean, transportation is our biggest emitting sector, but Manchin himself is kind of skeptical of those. So you wouldn't see, you definitely wouldn't see that in bipartisan talks. So again, I think it would be much smaller. And I do think Manchin has a lot of leverage, but you know, this is really testing the limits of that, I think, these bipartisan talks, because this would go through regular order. You need 60 votes, meaning you would need 10 Republicans to even to vote for this for it to advance out of the Senate. And that's really hard to envision. Reconciliation still feels like it makes the most sense. This is what we've been thinking for months now. And that's been the route the Democrats have chosen. But we'll see if this really complicates things. So, Josh, generally with all of this, what's the timeline? When are Democrats hoping to get something done? Yeah. So again, the vast majority of Democrats would prefer reconciliation. And they're really looking at Memorial Day as having a firm agreement and then July 4th to actually approving something because we're in a midterm election year. It's a very short window. You're looking at a six-week work period here in the Senate. And if nothing is, is done by then, Democrats are saying it's, it's time to, to cut bait. Also, Canada's environment watchdog says that the federal government's bets on hydrogen doesn't have the right math to support it. According to a new report from the Canadian Environment and Sustainable Development Commission released on Tuesday, Canada's hydrogen plans are based on, quote, unrealistic assumptions about the costs and implementation. For context, Canada views hydrogen as a renewable energy that will contribute to significant cuts in emissions and help the country meet its climate target, which was increased in April 2021. Canada's natural resources minister also said that hydrogen fuel can play a role in helping wean European countries off Russian oil and gas. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lower carbon.